to bring it up in the beginning of the interview i'm like just so you know like we can always edit anything out oh nice okay but you already beat so, me to it when we- i have my freak out in the middle we can take, <laughs> it, take it right out <laughs> been listening to hot and delicious for a really long time now like two months that's so and great to hear i listened to it um just in the car or like in between tasks or whatever so it's kind of been like ruminating nice. in my head for a while all right that's great um hope it hasn't been too grating <laughs> no, it's actually been it's been great and awesome. okay so there are a lot of ways as a listener that I could describe Hot and Delicious as an album. I'm curious how you would like to describe this album. This is always, I think this is always the hardest thing for me. Um, Cause I mean, you know, I think objectively it would be crazy to say it's anything but rock music at its core, but I feel like so much like modern rock, like has like this, like leather pants, like, you know, kind of like weird aesthetic that i don't love to associate with um i i I honestly i i don't associate um hot and delicious at all with leather pants oh nice i associate it with pizza (laughs) (laughs) well then we failed at our task (laughs) (laughs) leather pants that's that's (laughs) gonna feel real called out (laughs) um but your album the album cover for hot and delicious is like a pizza um cardboard box kind of cut out which i thought was hysterical i i like i liked it before i listened to it because of how it looked that's great and i i think humor has always been like a very important thing to us um you know and just to not take it overly seriously because people like to hear a band having a good time you know and try yeah. to put that through so we thought that was a fun little idea we actually printed a real pizza box um we made like a veneer um our friend zach morheim um uh, made a veneer like carving of the album cover. Um, we had designed it together, uh, and like you know, inked it over and printed it onto an actual like blank pizza box. And, nice. Yeah, yeah. So we have that somewhere, you know. <laughs> that should be in your archives one day. Yeah. Well, we should. I was thinking about printing a whole bunch of them, and when we do like the ten years down the road, we'll do the super deluxe <laughs> and just send them out in you know box sets and uh, send them out in pizza boxes. <laughs> It's funny that you say, in, you know, in 10 years, we'll do a super deluxe. Um, <laughs> I was listening to Hot and Delicious, actually, it was today when I was in the Walmart parking lot. I was listening to it. And I was like, you know, for this to be the only album on Blind Pete's Spotify, the one album standing there, it is so phenomenal. <laughs> it great. sounds oh, like, so much. I'm sure the three of you all, um, I'm sure you guys have a background in music and creativity but if i didn't know that and i just saw this one album like you have a sound like you've been a band forever it's 
sound and you also mentioned earlier that you do some of the producing too yeah or I, record. I, I would say i do all all of it um where do you guys record uh we just record at my house yeah yep i've got like um uh uh i i'd say just about everything i need to make an album you know there's uh -huh. always something on the horizon that i'm uh, looking yeah. at but uh you know, um, I probably have way more than I need to make an album is actually. <laughs> That's a common thing I've heard from everybody who has yeah. their own studio. Yep. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a constant, um, uh, you know, uh, my, my girlfriend <laughs> has a love-hate relationship with it. She likes the music, but she's like, why do you not have any money ever? <laughs> well, like, well, look at this compressor. <laughs> um, but, Phil's you know. Good. Phil's good with that. He, he, he buys himself a lot of um, gadgets for his spaceship, what, what I call the nice. studio. I love but that. But he also... Um, Bu bought me a JBL speaker, oh, nice. so I reap some of the benefits. Nice, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it, it's. I grew up, so I'm not a musician. I don't. I wouldn't even know how to navigate a studio space. Um, but I've been. My dad raised me, and I mean, both my parents raised me to be so interested in music. That's great because they would just my dad would always be listening to something and some days and not so much my childhood by the time I was a really grumpy tween, <laughs> he would wake me up in the morning um, playing a song like full blast. Doesn't matter what it was, the, the scope of genres we listened to. Um, like he, um, my dad is the reason why I know a lot about, early punk music but oh, he's also cool. the reason why i know a lot about jazz singers is that what, was he waking you up with early punk music <laughs> sometimes what is going on <laughs> you know it was frank zappa a lot of oh, the times wow. that's, that's very cool okay well that's <laughs> which pretty cool in many ways can to. be more scary than yeah, uh, early punk. <laughs> there's some there's some uh um there's some heavy stuff on frank zappa records yeah real industrial noise <laughs> speaking of industrial noise <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about um the your first track. Oh yeah, okay. Um yeah, let me think. Well, I I I wanted to make um well, it goes a little further back. I wanted the original idea for the album um before the Hot and Delicious theme kind of came about was I wanted to make like a radio play. So like when I would drive around in the car with my dad when I was like a kid, he would listen to like these like noirs. Um that must have been from way back in the day but i just never knew you know i assumed they were happening like they're modern things but um and it'd be like a, it would be like a movie but just on the radio like they'd tell a story and i thought that would be a fun format for uh um an album and so i kind of mm -hmm. made that as like the intro with like the radio segments coming in um to kind of be in that theme and then i kind of had decided that was a little too like i didn't want to do the whole like like a rock opera per se mm -hmm. i just wanted a, a looser concept um so we came up with the hot and delicious theme, but I just love the the crazy way that all the radio stuff blended in. And I also think that I was very like um, wary of probably possibly overly wary of making anything that would be like um, I I wanted it to really just be like what we wanted to do, and I wanted there to be no question about that. And I was like, well, what's the what's a good way to get that across? And maybe just to start the album out with two minutes of of some pretty crazy noise. Um, you know, because if I think it's cool, I got to kind of follow that and and go with it. And so we bought we put a bunch of effects in, mm -hmm. in 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 a chain and kind of generated some sounds. And then I did some generated sounds with the guitar, and then we beamed a radio into it, and you know mm -hmm. we had it, and then just decided to 
make that part of a larger suite that the first three songs that one included are all a part of. Mm -hmm. I was worried when I... When I first, <laughs> that's never a good way to start no, something. I know exactly is it? what you're talking about. So I, was, I was really worried. Um, no, I thought uh, this was supposed to be a pop album. <laughs> um, I've, I'm used to listening to to all sorts of wacky things. Yeah. Um, and I I had a feeling that the whole album wasn't going to sound that way. That would have been pretty from, hardcore. Yeah. No, I I knew that that wasn't the case, but. The reason why I was a little wary was I wrote down after I listened to it, apocalyptic, <laughs> surge of metallic noises, <laughs> radio static, I would say unpleasantries. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's very fair. You should have heard it when I um, I thought it would be even more jarring to um, shout on top of it like I was some kind of cult leader. Um but put the words in reverse so you couldn't really understand it, but just get uh, the vibe. But I, it was a little, I, it was it was a little, little I was much. like, well, let's, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll take one step back. <laughs> that and version exists somewhere, though, if you really want to be spooked. Oh, on, on the B-sides? Um, yeah, maybe maybe in the Super Deluxe box Maybe in 10 years, Super Deluxe. Yes. <laughs> it's all part of the plan, um, <laughs> the master plan. I think it's, I'm, I'm wondering if, if you did this on purpose. I also wrote down that it sounds somewhat like a, very dangerous rocket ship taking off. Um, I mean, I, I think there's like a, a notion of outer space in a lot of oh, things that I try to do. <laughs> there's a notion of outer space in throughout this whole album. Yeah, I think so. It really, I mean... A cosmic pizza box. <laughs> it, no, like, that's like a really great way of, of putting it. Because um, Sky Journey sequence is very much, I'm in space yeah, right now. Yep, yep. I was trying to... Um, our bassist wrote that one. Um, that's one of um, two songs credited to him, uh, Luke. And I remember when he, we had just started working on it. It, it. You know, a lot of these songs came together really, really quickly. Um, and I remember just listening to it one time and thinking, oh, like this kind of sounds like a, you know, a glider through the sky kind mm, of thing. Mm -hmm. So then I, well, there's no lyrics in it. So how do we make that theme come across? Well, maybe we'll just make it a title. Are the beginning lyrics perched on my rain cloud? Oh, 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T. Yeah. That, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that title? What, what, um, what well, actually, mean? it's a Dr. Seuss um, reference. Uh, well, it's a Dr. Seuss. It's the name of like a movie directed by Dr. Seuss. Um, I had never seen it, but I... Wait, direct, like directed by... Yeah, it's like his the only movie that he directed. Oh. Or maybe, maybe he wrote it, but I'm pretty sure he directed it. Um, I don't know much about it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> but I was just... Um, you know, I was just looking at movies on um, the streaming service, the Criterion Channel. It's got a lot of good classics, um, and I saw that one, and and I kind of like it. Just made me get like this theme, I guess, of like well. And so at the time, that was when I, before I had actually put the band together, that I'd written that song. Um, so all the instruments were played by me. So I felt kind of like I was Doctor T, and I was pulling the strings of the song, and then yeah. kind of the. The lyrics came. You were the puppet master. Yes, exactly. And the <laughs> lyrics came, but then it kind of turned into more of like um, um, a, a, a bigger metaphor than that. I don't think that I'm Doctor T so much um, as just like 
kind of the the strings being pulled by unseen um, forces. I wish it was me, but I've lost control. <laughs> That's um, that was very uh, that was really well put. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I know we talked a little bit before we started recording about how much you like '60s mm-hmm. and '70s rock, mm-hmm. um, and and so hot and delicious gives a lot of nods to that sound Mm -hmm. but you also do a a great deal of psychedelic it's it's when i when i speak of um king giz i'll speak of the one album that i really know from beginning to end and that's sketches of brunswick east Mm -hmm. with mild high club i can't talk about king giz as as a whole but that album I, I hear a lot of it in Hot and Delicious. Yeah, I could definitely see the similarities. You know, it's funny. I, I thought about that before. I think just like, um, I think it, it, it's, it's, it's a twofold kind of thing because it's, you know, there's a similarity, I'd say, um, in style. Not, not necessarily myself being the most well-versed in um, their material. Um, I, I mean, I've heard plenty of it, but mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't tell you necessarily like track listings on an album or anything like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I think it's twofold. I think we 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 both seem to like this kind of um, like retro space feel yeah. in some of our stuff, and sometimes a more um, um, maybe grading isn't the right word, but a more like I, I'm always surprised at how much the album act or how heavy the album is really like in 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 its heavy, rocking guitars, I guess. Yeah, or stuff. like so he- overdriven, I guess. Um, heavy and and um and in in which ways? Not necessarily. Thematically, because I tried to keep it um, decently mm-hmm. on the lighter side, but just in like you know the guitars are more yeah, rocking and more the drums the are instrument. hitting harder than I always kind of um, remember when I when I listen back to it. Um, I think that coupled with like a bit of our silliness, like hot and delicious, yeah. is similar to an, with a pizza box is similar to kind of a feel of like having a name like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> um, so you know, um, I, I I could definitely see the similarities there, but I think like. Um, when it comes to just like 60s rock and early 70s rock, um, I think this album definitely got a lot of that feel because my intention going into it was that, you know, I just like, I get so frustrated at like, you know, waiting for like the next MGMT album. It's like, oh, it's just going to be six years. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's just like the Beatles released like how many amazing songs in the span of like literally like seven years, you know? And it's just like, there's like 11 albums plus infinite like singles and and you know it's like 500 some songs in like seven years and it's just like so i went into this album saying like um we're gonna record something you know you hear these stories about like the zombies and and all these bands i love the making, zombies i love the zombies i um oh, wait go on and well i'll now. just say like i wanted to like um you know like they recorded their albums in like three days you know like mm-hmm. they just go in and play their songs so I, I definitely like knew that you know building it up in the studio in the modern sense was going to take longer than that um but I wanted to just make it something that just almost like halfway to like what a SoundCloud rapper is in the sense of like, I just wanted to make it and put it out there and not like, not spend a ton of time tweaking a bunch of different things. SoundCloud like rapper mentality. Yes. To our, to put our, that on a t-shirt. Yes, exactly. To our, uh, <laughs> to our psych rock. <laughs> um, do you want to know the Beatles songs that I wrote down? That I would love kinda- to. So, Drive My Car. Oh, nice. That's a great... Come Together. Oh, nice. She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. Love it. Those were um, 
the Beatles songs that re- I I guess I could see the similarities in in how they sound with hot certain the sixties seventies rock parts of of Hot and Delicious. I love that, but I especially love the um, Drive My Car um, one because I I definitely like um, Rubber Soul is an album that has that kind of thing of like I think they recorded it in like three months, you know, and it, it's like that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like here's where we are during this time. We're going to put it out. We're going to do the next thing. Like, yeah. This is just a statement of what we're doing here right now um, and where we are just in this little pocket of time. And it's not going to be like, you know, a three-year masterpiece. recording phase of it took about uh like three months for us all to put mm-hmm. our stuff lay our um parts down mm-hmm. and that was really like w- the core of where the album um came together then i kind of um decided i hate the sound of my laptop and i hate the sound of this digital thing i'm going back to my tape roots and for about the next six or seven months i didn't touch it and i just let it sit there and i went and recorded songs completely for myself on Porta Studios <laughs> and uh, and then went back in and then about another month of working on it and it was done, I'd say, of so, processing effects. A three months recording time is is pretty great timing, I'd say. Cause I, yeah, well, it's nice when you live in the same house as yeah. the recording equipment, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, no, I guess like the band coming together and getting it done. I mean, I know it's the three of you, but you yeah. have a, a lot going. Like, there, there's a lot. Yeah, there definitely is. There and definitely is. for... I'm, I. No, go on. Sorry. Well, I just say that I'm very grateful that, um, well, you know, it's not like, I don't like to really think of it like it's my band. Um, so I don't want to say something like I'm very grateful for the other two for like putting their um, time in. I guess the way I'll say it is I'm very grateful to have found um, two equally committed people mm-hmm. um, that That's are That's usually the hard part. It's the most impossible part. Um, and the fact that they're also fantastic musicians and just mm-hmm. like super fun for me to hang out with and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm the luckiest person in the world. How do you... What do you think of um, the Kinks? Uh, they're my favorite band besides the Beatles. I love the I'm, Kinks. Yes! That I'm so, so proud funny. of myself for I, getting that. I'm proud of you too. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm just happy that that came up at all. <laughs> That's like the biggest... The fact that... The, unless you're going to say... Because you sound nothing like them. Because <laughs> otherwise, that's like the biggest compliment ever that they would come up. I love the Kinks. All right, so tell Huge me. Um, I mean, I'm only familiar with State of Confusion and oh, okay. the earliest, I think, kind of Kinks. Kind of Kinks, yeah. Sixty-five, I think. Somewhere around there, yeah. So yeah, tell me about. Exactly right. Tell me your favorite Kinks album. Um, my favorite Kinks album. Ooh. Um, probably Village Green Preservation Society. Something else is also amazing their 1967 album something else oh arthur their 69 album is one of the greatest albums i've ever heard in my life and it's just mm. like incredible their whole real run from like 
1966, because even, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I could talk about this all day. I don't know how specific we want to get, but right. a lot of people, like, you know, um, I've heard kind of uh, say that, like, you know, in, before, like, something else, which is 1967, like, they couldn't, they didn't necessarily, like, make good full albums through. And, you know, they say that about the Beatles, too, and, like, before Sgt. Pepper, and it always, like, blows my mind, because I'm just, like, you know, uh, the Beatles had, again, Rubber Soul is a perfect album all the way through. Mm -hmm. Help is I amazing. Love, Rubber Soul is my favorite. Rubber Beatles. Soul is just hook after hook after hook mm -hmm. after hook. It's like there's no break. And I brought up Drive My Car earlier yeah. um, because in the second and the third track, Dig In and Stand Up and Testify, and Monday Seeker right after that too, those three in a row, I really, really enjoyed listening to oh, nice. On the Highway, <laughs> like Windows Down. Cool. And it's been... The weather, I mean, the past few weeks, um, well, Phil and I were just in Massachusetts and I've been trying to go to the beach a lot because I love being outside during the summertime. And that drive is important. What you listen to yeah, can definitely. kind of make or break that drive, oh, yeah, especially if sure. you get stuck in traffic or something. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think like uh, I get um, a sensation of, I mean, I don't even know what this means. I get the sensation of when you hear people say, "Oh, that's such a, that's a road trip song. That's a road trip album." Oh, nice. In the in the beginning, I I feel that a lot, and that's what made me think of "Drive My Car" right away. That's very cool that you, that you say that because I think that um, goes into what I wanted to make, which was like you know, I like in the modern like um, like setting of of Spotify and and pitching to like playlists and all of this and that mm -hmm. like. You know, all these, like, YouTube people um, will tell you, like, oh, like, um, don't bother with an album. Just make a single. Just make a single. And, you know, I, like, I think I just was so, like, sick of that and, uh, and like, that I said, no, I'm going to make an album that's a full listening experience in the way that, mm -hmm. like, albums were commonly at one point and, and still are plenty, but, like, you know, on, on like, the professional level, but much yeah. less on the indie level. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to start out with two minutes of noise to give it a special <laughs> middle finger to... <laughs> All of that. <laughs> I think that's a, a I think that's a, a common feeling, um, especially with people that um, I know feel the same way. Like mm -hmm. I, um, actually, no, I guess not, because really the only other album I'm thinking of is how the Never Ends did a similar thing. Yeah, definitely. In the beginning of their first track. And I was so happy to see that because I was just like, all right, I'm not like you know, not that, I, but like it's just great to feel the camaraderie of that and feel mm -hmm. like it's like, oh, okay, maybe the tide is turning. Um, but yeah. I guess to your point of like a road trip thing, I'm, I'm happy to hear that because that means that I, I would think that a good road trip album is an album that is like you have a longer setting, you know, in a road trip kind of mm -hmm. um, to listen to a full album through yeah. as opposed to just sitting at your computer and listening to one song, you know. Yeah, so, definitely. So hopefully that means that as an album it functions. As far as I'm concerned, you accomplished like 
really good like lyricism oh, in the album. Like the awesome. lyrics were never a point where I was like, uh, okay, like you know, like that's that's very nice to hear. They did not guess a lot, you know. <laughs> they did not budge for me at all. Like they felt so rooted in the music, and oftentimes the music and then also the lyrics very professional. Oh, great! So that's awesome. I was, I just, I really like that, but, um, yeah, certainly, you know, I try not to think too hard about lyrics because I think that, um, I think the more you write them, the faster you get at making things that you're okay with. And I think the mm-hmm. more that like, just like with anything, like when you say a word over and over and it loses complete meaning, like if I think to myself, like, is this a good lyric over and over? The answer I'm going to come to is no. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to confuse yeah. myself. And I, yeah. you know, I, I try not to, uh, I'm already confused enough just in general. So yeah. <laughs> I don't need to add anything else to that. <laughs> so I try um, not to like, I kind of just try to put them down and not, not think about them too much. And, you know, hopefully they say what I'm trying to say. And if not, hopefully someone finds something they want to hear, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this last track, how did you, where did this idea of um, walking in a grocery store come from? Oh, well, I think like, um, uh, I mean, I think that's something that I'm, I, I is, is, is always with us like everywhere in the sense of like, I think I'm, I'm just trying to say something about um, like the consumeristic nature mm-hmm. of, of, what's just going on right now and um how it's not you know it's a very like classic like you know like uh uh cliched message of like you don't necessarily need that but like you know it's like is 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 your best like feeling moments like you know like just like hanging out on like a nice day like under like you know maybe a sunset or whatever the Mm -hmm. candy colored skies are um like with people you're you enjoy or is it like when you're like right exactly when you're walking through like the supermarket and like looking at yeah. all your toys and so like that's like overwhelming and crazy and just like you know it's so unnecessary have you so um levels. heard the song lost in the supermarket by the oh Clash? yeah i love it yeah yeah i think there's probably honestly i never you know i didn't even think about that but there, i'm sure there's plenty of i think oh, that that's generally what they're getting around. Means oh, yeah, everything amazing. to me <laughs> that's a great like um more new wavy feeling oh, uh Clash i love song. that song yeah it's awesome but um that's my favorite class Consumer- song. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's, that's, that's really cool. Real. Um, that that Clash song is is so. When I was talking about how my dad listened to a lot of punk music. Oh, okay. In the car, um, "Lost in the Supermarket" was. It's a really emotional song. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's crazy. It's a little bit um frightening. Um, the I'm whole lost al- in the, whole the album is. Mm-hmm, lost in the supermarket. I can't shop happily or yeah and um what was the other um, no, we're really getting to the same thing you know it's <laughs> 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 <That's> so funny is <laughs> something very political i want to say about this album as well yeah definitely i, I mean I, I can you tell me a little bit about stand up and testify oh yeah i mean that <laughs> that one um yeah that one kind of just came uh to fruition out of um we had kind of that baseline um luke was laying down the baseline um and like dig in and end it it's the same tempo as dig in kind of just like the same exact speed and tempo and everything and dig in and end it and kind of we we're just jamming around and it, it it ended up just like oh oh i like that luke you know mm-hmm. and uh it turned into um a song which is interesting because most songs don't come like that like usually i'll write them off on just my own and we'll get together and um do it after the fact um i'll be like okay here's how it goes but that was kind of like that one really just came up like um very organically and there is definitely a political side to it i mean i think you know i think it's about somebody who's like coming around to the idea of like um you don't necessarily have to like follow like the path that's laid out that like you know everybody tells you i really like 
um, stand up and testify to the makers of your life. Yeah, the rest of us, you know. <laughs> the the like, who would you consider the makers of? Well, you know, our lives of our lives. Well, I I guess I don't really feel like the song is so. I guess the song is maybe directed to everybody that's that's not me. So I guess I can't say that's not directed towards us. But like, I I think that um, when I write something like the makers of our lives, I think I'm thinking of saying this to somebody who essentially like you know it's like everybody profits off of everybody else in this mm -hmm. kind of world so you know we're all making each other's lives possible by either being like the ones profiting off of the masses therefore your life is possible due to uh um well i guess that's the main point is like th those profiting off of the masses like your life is possible due to like the rest of us kind of allowing it both on like a level of like we're the ones being profited off of but also like we don't necessarily like reject that as a whole like unified platform so it, it continues to be allowed to happen and i think that at a certain point there has to be some kind of reckoning for that i mean the song's a little over dramatic also you mm -hmm. know so <laughs> 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 but you know i think it's like you know in order to in order to um meet your goals you had to kill your world you know yeah and, and and it's like is it all worth it like look at what's what's happened when a select few like have it all and yeah you know the rest are left to kind of like yeah you know this has been great because a lot of the stuff that I wrote in my notes, we just kind of touched upon Great. naturally. Nice. And even when we were speaking before. And I just find you to be really interesting. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I find this album to be really, really interesting. So I'm, I'm really enjoying talking to, I guess, I know all three of you um, work together on this. But mm -hmm. so when it, when it comes to lyrics, how... Do you begin with, um, do you guys jam and find a sound you really like and you go from there? Or um, do you, you know... A lot of these songs originated, um, I, I demoed them out myself, um, with the exception of the two that Luke wrote, which were uh, Stay With Me and um, Sky Journey Sequence. Okay. Um, yeah, I, and those were two of the ones I pointed out that were very King Giz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Stay With Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, yeah, and you know what? That would make sense because he he definitely has um, a, a better knowledge of their uh, discography mm -hmm. um, than I do. Um, um, besides those two, I'd say that they pretty much start like I'll just I'll write them and I'll, I I have like you know I I'm the one who does like works the like studio equipment out of out of us. So like I do the production and engineering and stuff. Um, so I'll kind of just start recording them. And, you know, if they like the way it's going, they'll just start adding their stuff on. And if they yeah. don't, we'll kind of re reassess it and work it mm -hmm. up more but um for this for this upcoming stuff i i, I i'm gonna we're gonna do it more as um like a, a a band feel from the beginning up like i'm gonna say hey guys like how do you actually like this and we'll mm -hmm. go for it you know as opposed to like here's the song yeah. and if you you know i hope you like it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um is it gonna be um similar to um hot and delicious um i think we're 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 gonna be transitioning into um a new sound definitely um this this you know by the time you release an album like it already feels old to me um mm -hmm. yeah and that's like, something i hear a lot too. yeah and i'm in a different place so um i am i am glad that we're really like you know we we just finished um our our two new singles um like i was saying like our the recording's completely done and you know those those we did in the last like month or so um so they're real fresh feeling for me and like I think um, part. I think that they they have a sound of like where um, we're at now, and it's nice because when you do it all yourself, like we do, um, 
I don't. I, the only deadlines I have are self-imposed. I definitely impose like yeah. um, very tight deadlines on myself to get stuff out by. Um, but I can do that, and I don't have to. Um, you know, I I don't have to worry too much about. I'm not worried too much about building a campaign for a song before it comes out. I think it's mm-hmm. silly to um, try to like. And maybe I just don't understand it. But I think it's silly to try to. Um, like market a single that like nobody's gonna remember to listen in two weeks like you know we're not like mm-hmm. you know beyonce like where mm-hmm. people are gonna be like getting all hyped up for this so i think for me i just want to release music and then try to push it when you know when it comes out and then it'll be on to the next thing and just kind of keep it fast and and and, and mm-hmm. hot and delicious <laughs> <laughs> um that's awesome that's awesome and um you said that you know you tend to second guess them how prevalent has lyric writing been in in your life um i more so um in the last uh couple of years i'd say like before that i was much more concerned about um the music and kind of i was throwing whatever like um sound whatever words kind of like fit and came together like i'm very like syllable based when i think about like a melody or something Mm -hmm. like i'll kind of have the melody worked out and like words will just kind of come off the start um and then but they won't necessarily like make much sense but the syllables will be there and then I'll kind of work like fit words in it's a very like back and forth process because it's not like oh here are the words I'm going to fit them in but it's not like here's the rigid syllable like like way it's going to land when we find the words that just go into that um I think trying to meet 50 50 um is um beneficial but you know I definitely always I never want to sacrifice any of the melody Mm -hmm. because the melody is so important but I think um lately yeah I, I definitely care a lot more about what I'm saying because it's such a good platform to be able to say things. I mean, like music um, can deliver a message in such a way, and when the lyrics match up with like the the way the music is delivering, like something very special happens mm-hmm. um, in, in a way that like maybe only really like other forms of art can deliver things. Like there's you know if you listen to like a great song, um, like you know I remember listening to like a, a Simon and Garfunkel song and realizing like in this one song. Um, there's an entire lifestyle that's presented in just this one three minute song or probably even two and a half minute um, song. And like, it's like, well, how, you know, in, in eight lines and whatever, how do you achieve that? Well, you know, it just hits right with the right music and really presents that whole feel, mm-hmm. you know? So. Do you like R&B music? Yeah. Love it. I think um, uh, well, that makes me think a lot about like Good Kid, Mad City. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, awesome album just how much of like a like a a punch lyrics can be oh yeah in the moment but then also as an entire body of work like yeah Kendrick Lamar is one of the very common examples of lyricists who are on another level of genius when it comes to meeting um their delivery when when what they're saying and the sound and i think um i think like an even um more like for me shocking example of that is to pimp a butterfly which is just so perfectly delivered like musically and lyrically like mm-hmm. like a song like these walls like the 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 kind of scene that he's setting with those lyrics is totally like um hits so much harder with that kind of music like like you just get a feel for like what he's saying and and um um I think it just hammers home the message so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's really really a master of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um and you know all, all the great people are like like you know like the Kinks, you know, mm-hmm. for example, like you know, they just they really know how to like um 
they just all those real like 60s art pop bands really knew how to just like convey like a theatric message with the music while also just hammering home the point of the song with mm-hmm. the actual lyrics yeah mm-hmm. it's a very powerful tool you know yeah definitely yeah i'm really looking forward to hearing you know what you guys put out next and that's not me saying like oh what you i'm really looking forward to your lyrical masterpiece <laughs> like that's not what i i what i really i will say as much as i listen to hot and delicious like there were certain um certain moments where like i remember the lyrics a lot more and then certain mm-hmm. moments where i'm remembering the sound a lot more mm-hmm. And it's really rare, like, you have to be a real, like, not only do you have to be, like, um, you know, super into, like, lyrics, you also have to have, like, the equipment necessary yeah, <laughs> to, like, to, to, make, to, to do a double punch, like, lyrics and sound. Yeah, totally. It's a, a whole lot has to come together. Um, um, and and there's no real blueprint to how it comes together. You just mm-hmm. have to find what works for you, which is the most interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why everybody has their own styles, you know, yeah. which is great. And um, um, so I'm curious, like, because we were talking about how when you were, like, in school or whatever, and in the past, like, you were playing shows. Is there mm-hmm. any other, um, like, bodies of work that are streaming that you've either made or been a part of? There was, but they've been um since taken down i'm not sure why but mm-hmm. um yeah um but a band i was in in through college um had released some stuff but i i, I haven't heard from them they they took it down for some reason or another i'm not sure why mm-hmm. so so um. this is it now <laughs> this is my legacy <laughs> i'm really well i'm like i'm so excited to hear what's next and um yeah we're very excited to be um in the next stage of things too mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you um like I talk to a lot of people and like sometimes I get even not even just like we're sitting down to do an interview like even just like small talk at shows um everyone has like their different perspective on the music that they're making what they are putting online like mm-hmm. for everyone to see mm-hmm. and everyone some people do it because they know making music and sharing it will make them happy. Other people, it makes them happy, but they also really want recognition for it at the Mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. You know, other people fall into it, and then all of a sudden, it's super prevalent in their Mm -hmm. lives. Like, everyone comes to either being in a band or putting out music in a different way. Yeah, And... I'm curious, like, do you care that much about getting, like, a certain amount of, um, you know, listens? Um, I mean, I I guess, like, a, a very, like, minimum amount in the sense of, like, I wouldn't want nobody to listen to it mm-hmm. because then, like, you know, what's the point? But I, I think for me, like, there's a very, it's a very low number that's necessary for me to be um, satisfied enough yeah. to continue to do it. Because as long as, like, I can, um, I guess this is the way I would put it, is that as long as it... <clears throat> um, <clears throat> As long as it could be like part of my identity is mm-hmm. that I, um, you know, am doing something like this. That's really like the threshold, the necessary threshold. And anything past that, I don't, I don't really care about. Like I think, yeah. like if I was gonna put a number on it, like I think that, like you know, if if like something very small, like if thirty people, um, you know, that were like my friends, like you know, listened to it and actually like enjoyed it, 
that would be more than enough for me. Mm-hmm. I'd be very happy. I know? like what you said about um, that you just want it to be a part of your identity. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, um, I, I like, I feel the exact same way too. I feel like I don't, I feel like making this podcast, like I don't care much about how, you know, popular it is. It just matters a lot to me that people in the local scene are really excited about it. Totally. Um, and I know I am. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I, I am. That, <laughs> that brings me a, a lot of joy. But I do also think that, like, I have a kind of a complicated relationship with it because, like, at a certain point, like, I am graduating school soon and, like, I want this to be, I feel very connected with thinking that I could really be a really good interviewer, mm-hmm. reporter, just gatherer of, of information sure. to then give to other people and have them make something of, of their own about it. Like, Well, I think that's a necessary thing if you really care about what you're doing and it's how you get started in the sense of like um um you know like sure it'd be great to have like you know however many thousands of people like you know but like you know i think that if you want it to be good um it has to come from a place purer than that Mm -hmm. you know yeah Um, definitely which is part of what i was trying to do with with um um, starting off with just like noise on the album of like this is just going to be uncompromisingly like what I want to do and I spent a lot of time putting myself in a position where I'm just going to do what I want to do when it comes to this kind of stuff um, and you know and that's just going to be that and if I want to make something that's uh, like much more like ear candy and stuff and I think I, we will be moving into that direction more of like a, um, a more accessible thing that's not necessarily mm-hmm. starting albums off with a bunch of noise mm-hmm. um, but like you know I just I, I think there was definitely a statement there of like because that's where the love of, of the, you know, of the craft, if you will, comes mm-hmm. from. Of just like, this is what I want to do. And, and, and why would I listen to the, any what anybody else, like, mm-hmm. you know, wants mm-hmm. me to do. So Yeah. Um, make the music that you want to listen to. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think, like, you know, if you just have a love for, like, this kind of thing, that helps you get to the point of having more recognition because it is a pure yeah. thing. You it's, know what I mean? And it's... Uh, and you said it perfectly, like, when you want it to be part of your identity, like you know that this is something that you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And there's no meter for popularity, like, you know, I need to get this amount of right. views or, or likes or what have you. Like, it's more so you're proving to yourself and your close-knit, close-knit community mm-hmm. um, that, like, this is something that you're really passionate about and that you're good at even and, you know, that you want people to remember you by even and i think it's a more sustainable way of like mentality about it because you know if you are fortunate enough to develop any kind of um larger scale fan base um i think that you'll have like a much better relationship with them if they are you're doing what is true to you and they're responding to that based on if you're trying to guess what's the next like way to be a step ahead of the competition just in Mm -hmm. a purely like numbers standpoint Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna Mm -hmm. it's like that just seems stressful and upsetting to me and i think also and it sounds like you're the same way like if i wasn't doing this like i you know if if i'm not like constantly busy working on um music stuff and like with a plan for like what the next music stuff is i get like totally depressed i can't Mm -hmm. function like Mm -hmm. you know i just like it's it's i i just have no like self-esteem at that point like it it is like ingrained in 
I, you know, what I have to, what mm-hmm. I have to do. So, and I know. think you guys are gonna make like the best ear candy type music because <laughs> you're capable of pulling off something like this. Um, and you know, it sounds like really like I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to follow a conversation about what equipment you're exactly using mm-hmm. as 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 well as as like Phil could. Like, it's not my vocabulary, mm-hmm. but whatever it is that you're doing in where you're you just said you recorded it at your house like whatever it is that you're doing like it just it just sound it just sounds really good well, that's that I'm, I'm i'm glad to hear you say that because i feel like um you know and i'm sure everybody always says this but you know the next stuff that's, that's <laughs> gonna be the stuff that sounds that sounds good and then after that's done i'll say well that sounded okay with this next stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um i think this is miraculous starting point you're oh, already thanks. ahead That's of the great. game oh, and, great. And, and, oh. from, and in my perspective at least glad to hear you say um that. <laughs> let me do a quick time check so i'm gonna say we'll wrap it up now great um thank you like so much for coming here and yeah. talking to me and thank you so much for having me on it's been fantastic it's a ton of fun <laughs> i really um am looking forward to what you guys put out next and I just want to urge anyone listening to really listen to Hot and Delicious and I don't say this as um as like oh like I, well, I just want to promote whomever like I really like love this album I f- great. I feel it's, awesome. it's it's a little bit different from The Never Ends because The Never Ends I got to know by seeing them live and really just like fell in love with their music they're so good and, and so good live yeah love and seeing them live. i have yet to see it was the opposite with you guys i haven't yet i haven't seen you guys live yet and then i just got i think you maybe you guys reached out to me first or the never ends told me about you guys but i knew that there was a connection there mm-hmm. um and I listened to, I just, I'm like, oh, they're cool. The never ends. Like, you know, they, and I just listened to it and I was like, okay, so this is like up there now. For, oh, like one great. of my favorite stuff that like I listened to. <laughs> that's in awesome. The scene, like, it's just really, it, I mean, I'm just like, so I'm, I'm like a, a really big kind of, like I said earlier, how I get like a little defensive over like local bands that I love. Like I get really into it when I hear something that I really like. I mean, Phil knows. That's great. So. And we, we need, we, I think we need more of that. I mean, I think it's such um, an amazing thing to see like, Oh, like I know this band that knows the never ends. And now mm-hmm. I, I've, you know, hung out, you know, and I know the never ends. Um, and like just the, all the, the connections that just like everybody's so like, I, I think everybody wants there to be a scene and everybody's involved in there being a scene. And that is just what is necessary in creating a scene. I think it's a good thing we have going on. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. You know, hopefully the whole band can be here soon. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Next time I'll drag them by the ears. (laughs) (laughs) We'll offer them pizza. (laughs) I stand up and testify.